Hi friend, my name is Amy Joy and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. Back in 2009, my family moved to unimproved land in central Virginia, which meant there was no driveway, no electricity, no running water. We spent about a week living in tents and then we got some construction trailers that were our homes for the next four and a half years. So uh, we lived in one, it was 228 square feet and then we had one that served the front part as my husband's engineering office that he would use about one month a year and then the back of it was the same size as a storage pod and so it was kind of like we just owned our own storage pod and After a few months, we put up a metal barn, and that was where I had my cooking area, so I didn't have to cook outside anymore. Anyway, it was an interesting season. After almost a year, my in-laws brought out their motorhome so that uh, we didn't have to bathe in a Rubbermaid bucket anymore. We could go over to the motorhome and uh, use a little shower once we turned the propane on. So eventually, we did have kind of like a little complex of buildings. (laughs) It was an intense time. If you're ever curious about that season in my life, I did keep a regular blog. So from 2009 to about 2014, if you search Virginia is for Lycoshes, you'll be able to find that. In any case, it was really hard. We felt like the Lord had invited us to move. And then for the next five years, everything died. And when I say everything, it it maybe wasn't quite literally everything, but you know, like we didn't have all of our sheep die, let's say, but we had representative samples of all of our things die and sometimes high percentages of those representative samples. And anyway, I was very thankful when we closed the door on that season of my life. It was not an easy time. And so my youngest was born right at the tail end of that time. I had kind of already backed out and it took a bit for my husband to be ready to fully sell off all of the cows, but uh, we hadn't yet cut down all of the 400 trees we had planted. Um, But we were kind of winding things down. And so my son, my youngest, he's been asking for a couple of years, hey, can we have a garden? Can we have a garden? And I haven't really taken it seriously because I don't really want to have a garden. I don't have gobs of spare time. But I was at a conference this spring and I ran into a friend who has a system for growing gardens. And so I bought James's system and he had a kit, you know, where I just needed to go to Lowe's to buy some river rock and potting soil or something. And so he shipped me the rest of the things and I guess I needed to buy grow boxes too. Anyway, so there was there was some interesting work involved. But in the end, on Sunday, uh, it would have been the mid part of June, we got it set up. Caleb and I were so excited. He went to bed. We had our little tomato plants and our little uh, trans... I mean, these were transplanted ones that we had bought. A couple little peppers, some herbs. And as we went to sleep, he said, God bless the garden. And so... <laughs> When I woke up the next day, my husband said, have you looked at the garden? And, you know, that is never a moment where you think, I bet that what my husband's about to tell me is that there was a miraculous provision and the tomatoes have not only blossomed, but also fruited. Like, I bet that there is actually ripe crops there waiting. 
that somehow is just never where my mind goes. And instead it was like, oh, I remember how this conversation goes. I remember what happens when a conversation starts like that. There's about to be some serious bad news. And indeed, um, something had come in the night and scratched through the entire garden bed. All of the plants were displaced. And I managed to get out and replant them more or less in the same spot before Caleb got up. And it wasn't until later in the morning that I was able to go to him and say, okay, so we planted seeds yesterday too. Those probably aren't going to come up. And all of the plants, they were disrupted. And their roots were, you know, some of them, probably half their roots were wiped out. And he said, oh, that's why two of them were in different spots. Because he would go out every half hour and just watch what was happening. Watch the garden. And so I pretty much spent the entire morning crying because it wasn't that the garden was actually in bad shape. I mean, that wasn't good for the plants, for some of them to be on the ground or lying on their sides. But incredibly, the tomatoes, their stems remained intact. The peppers remained intact. Everything was actually still fine. It had just all been disrupted. But to me, I was like oh, now I'm back in that place where I'm coming out to see the sheep that wandered into the electric net and is now been electrocuted. Or, oh, I'm out seeing the calf that was bit by the copperhead that is, you know, unrecognizable in the swelling and now is dead. You know, <laughs> that's just two representative sample stories. There are dozens more. But you know, it was like, this isn't just about this little garden being temporarily dislodged. This is about the inability to break through. And so that night we went to bed and Caleb said, God bless the garden. And I said, yeah, Lord, send angels to protect this garden. And I got up the next morning and there was the plant on the ground again. And the entire bed once again scratched through. But once again, the tomato plants weren't actually destroyed. The cilantro may have been buried, but it was not actually destroyed. The uh, Thai basil may have been <laughs> a small nubbin of its original size, but it was actually, its roots were still intact. And so I also woke up to find an email from Paul Van Hosen where he said, Amy, it is ridiculous that you live on a farm and can't grow a two by four garden. Go get a light and a video camera or, you know, like a security camera and watch to see what comes, and I would very quietly go to war. And I thought, I go to war every day for my job. I don't want to go to war. I'm tired of going to war. Everything in my life is war. No. <laughs> and Caleb came in, and he said, Mom, did you have to replant the garden this morning? And I said, yeah, I did. And he said, well, we are going to figure out how to stop it, and we are going to keep trying until we have a garden. And he was so secure. You know, like it didn't faze him that his prayers that God would protect the garden or bless the garden. It, for him, it was just like, no, this is just a minor setback. And I thought, oh, <laughs> this is the difference of someone who hasn't already had their hope crushed out because of the failures of the past. This is someone who's really ready to live in the hope and expectation of the future. And so I thought, well, Lord, how would I protect this garden? 
well, there's netting. You know, it's probably not going to stop a determined pest of some sort, but I can order netting and just trust that the Lord will keep the plants alive for another couple days. And so I ordered netting. And Caleb was kind of like, yeah, and if that doesn't work, we'll figure something else out. But the point of this story, (laughs) I will also say then the next two nights, the soil was undisturbed and then the netting came. So we'll see what happens. But the, the point is that it's not always just the initial fight. (laughs) It was enough for me. I felt like I was done fighting the battle when I got the garden planted, but that's not actually the end of the story. (laughs) There's no actual crop yet. There's more fighting and more resisting and more standing that maybe needs to happen. And so I'm taking this in this season as kind of a parable for all of the things that I'm dealing with, that just because I've gotten breakthrough in one area doesn't mean that I don't still need to fight. And it also doesn't mean that I need to dissolve into hopelessness, that in reality, my tomato plants were fine. In reality, by the time the netting came, everything felt reasonably well-rooted, which was astonishing to me. And that it, I also, you know, one of the things that the Lord said to me very clearly that first morning was, don't worry about my reputation with your son. Cause that was one of my, my protests. Like, Lord, don't you care if Caleb is really mad at you? <laughs> you need to make things nice for him. And, and the answer was, no, that's not your concern. Caleb has his own relationship with me. Oh, so it's been a growthful, growthful few days here at the Lycosh farm. Thank you, Jesus, for all of the places where we need to contend. I pray that we would contend with strength and diligence. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Amen.